Welcome to the Pain Solutions Podcast. Dr. Wayne Fimister is a family physician with a special interest in chronic pain, whose passion is finding solutions for this epidemic problem facing one-third of the adult population. He is a clinical associate professor at the University of British Columbia in Canada and has developed one of the first online medical trigger point injection courses for doctors and nurse practitioners, a technique that is easily learned and implemented into the medical office of any doctor or nurse practitioner treating chronic pain. To get free access to Pain Solutions newsletter, blogs, and to register for his online course, simply register at www.waynefimister.com. On the podcast, Dr. Wayne brings together experts from various segments to share with you how they solve people's pain problems and how you can get this treatment too. And now, here's your host, Dr. Wayne Fimister. Well, hello and good evening to this uh, special episode of the podcast show. Tonight, I'm doing a podcast on my own and I have no interviewees with me today. The inspiration for tonight's subject matter is Professor Christopher Eccleson from Bath in the UK. And Christopher Eccleson was a keynote speaker at the Boston World Congress meeting in September 2018. And I attended that conference. It was a wonderful three, four days of education and connecting with other fellow colleagues in the field of pain medicine and listening to the variety of talks. And Dr. Eccleson's remarkable speech really brought home to me the importance of what we need to be doing and what is also missing, I feel, within the world of pain medicine. And his take-home message from his plenary talk was, put the body back into psychology and put psychology back into medicine. So this really touches a place in my heart because it connects to that mind-body connection. You know, something that we've been learning about on the podcast show episodes over the weeks. And when I heard Dr. Eccleson's talk, I was inspired and went ahead and read his book called Embodied, which is kind of the essence of putting the body back into psychology. So that's what tonight's show is going to be about. I'm going to review some of the contents of his book called The Psychology of Physical Sensation. I did contact Dr. Eccleson in the last few days, and he's unable to make it for tonight's episode, but um, I look forward to connecting with him later. So his book is all about the 10 neglected senses that you and I have, and everybody suffering from pain has. You know, we're not talking about the big five, you know, those five senses that we're all aware of, the taste and sight smell, touch, and hearing. We're not talking about those. We're talking about the less spoken about, less researched, but equally valid and important for normal living. And maybe by reflecting over these 10 senses, we can um, do certain activities in a day, maybe slightly differently, maybe with more appreciation, more focus on the body. And when we do this, we can bring an awareness to our body. And I think also like a meditation, almost, and be able to get out of our minds and just focus on the different amazing things that are happening to us all the time. So let's go to the first one is balance. You know, the sense of balance. You know, when we're trying to walk, we're up on our two feet and we're falling over, we're learning about balance. And all of us do this all the time, especially, I guess, when we're learning how to 
ride a bicycle, you know, or maybe falling off or wobbling for a little while. But eventually we get our balance, our cerebellum is more functional, our nervous system is in touch and in tune with our limbs, and all of a sudden we're off cycling. So the problems we may get around this is, you know, deliberate falling, the fear of falling, accidental falling, and then just the um, losing balance, the disequilibrium, where maybe you have an infection in the ear and you've got vertical. You know, these are very troublesome experiences for people. So one thing I'd like to say on this subject is if we learn to stand on one leg and if you cannot do this, make sure you're safe by holding onto a wall or a door. But essentially learning to stand on one leg will increase your sense of control over balance and also help your brain development. And I think this is an excellent way to regrow some brain circuits in the brain and also just get in touch with the balance aspect of us. I know that people who do Tai Chi in their later years have tremendous health benefits from that, which is partly due to balance, partly due to posture, movement, flow, breathing, and a variety of different activities. But balance is one of them. So next time you're about to fall over, you maybe stumble or you know you go off to one side, just bring your thoughts back to your balance, bring appreciation to that, and see if we can learn about this hidden sense. So the next is movement. You know, movement is something we just take for granted. We're doing it all the time. We don't really think about it unless we've got a clumsiness nature, we're banging into things, or maybe we're standing in an elevator and somebody's standing close to you, you know, your personal space, and there's movement in and out of that space. There's also the, the posturing of our bodies in this situation. What about when you're holding a pencil or a pen? You've got that fine motor control of movement. Or some people have got tremors, movement of the hands. And one, I think, big take-home message from my practice is patients who have got strokes and they're recovering. They're so aware of the importance of movement and the requirement to, to really focus on movement to prevent sort of falls and stumbling. And as we go about our days, as we walk just around our house or to our car, just paying attention to our feet, pay attention to the landing from the, the heel to the forefoot. And then as we balance onto the other foot and walk from heel to foot, and as we alternate feet left and right, left and right, as we're walking, simple steps, you know, really being aware of our, our movement, we can increase our, our appreciation of our body and also, again, that neurocircuitry in the brain. The next was a very interesting one called the sensation of pressure. For me, you know, in past years, I've gone for massages many times, and there's nothing quite like a massage when you're lying there in a warm room and, you know, you get your muscles massaged. And not only a physical release, but also emotional release as well, I found. And that's, for me, a, a very obvious way of being aware of pressure. But there's other things that we can be aware of pressure, like flexibility or stiffness. Maybe you're stiff when you get up in the morning. What about strength? You know, how do you measure strength or weakness? Something that we're very aware of. We know if it's not there, like our strength is gone and we're feeling weak but not something that we pay too much attention to in normal life. What about the heaviness of a limb? One of the patients interviewed for this chapter was a person with lupus, and she described her limbs being heavy, like a dead weight. 
And uh, so true with other conditions. You know, if you've ever had the unfortunate situation of lifting a dead animal or, uh, or a human, you know, the weight of the body is immense and um, nothing like the weight of a living being. And, and then you've got the pressure of swelling in the body. So lots of different aspects of this. Another sensation to be aware of, I think just doing a simple self-massage in our arms or our legs can be very therapeutic, a wonderful experience, a relaxing experience almost to stimulate that parasympathetic nervous system into helping you with your pain. Next subject, breathing, something we all do, uh, often in a shallow state, and that's reflective of more of a stress response. And, you know, just recently I was talking with some patients about the importance of deep breathing and belly breathing, you know, dropping that diaphragm as you inhale and allowing an increased breath, increased lung capacity, and that can certainly help in our journey for pain. One of the interviewees for this chapter for the book was a diver, you know, holding your breath for a long period of time. Again, something not many of us do unless we're divers or we love to swim in the pool, but um, he was describing it as a massively mental game. You know, our breath can be so essential, but yet when we take it away from ourselves and we're holding it for minutes at a time, it can be a severely mental problem or a massively mental problem. So interesting one there on our breathing. Next is fatigue. I know a very common subject for people with fibromyalgia and many medical illnesses. And fatigue is something that I think people try to avoid. They have different behaviors like resting or storing up, like almost like storing up energy for the next day. Not too uncommon for people who feel relief of their fibromyalgia and fatigue for a day, then they do lots of activities and the result have two or three days in bed, which is horrific for their functionality and, and their purposes in, in their life. But fatigue is a very common thing. You know, I think we all get fatigued at the end of the day. If we're tired, tend to go to bed and we don't, you know, I'm common. I am um, responsible for that. I put my hand up. <laughs> One thing that I really need to focus on to optimize energy and to minimize fatigue. One of the interviewees was an ultra runner, these people that run not only marathons, but multi-marathons. And, you know, it's just setting the mindset of going forward and just going through the fatigue to the next level and then the next level and then the next level. And I think for us who are able to do that, it's a wonderful ability of the human body that we can dig deep and, you know, through the subject of glucose production from our muscles and our liver, we can produce extra fuel. So we dig deep and there's more energy coming from within our body to fuel that next activity. The next subject on his list is pain, that familiar subject that we are talking about here on the 21st century solution. And I think the one thing just to mention on that was, and it ties into the fatigue principle, is from a, a marathon runner, is when you come up to a hurdle and you've got to go beyond it, you just keep thinking, put your mindset onto the next thing, onto the next mile if you're running, but onto the next activity. And you know you could get through your day when often if you give in, you're just succumb to resting and being on the couch or being in a chair resting. So one thing to, to consider when we're 
struggling in pain and we need to move forward to the next activity. The next sensation is itch, you know, that very common thing that it happens to us if we get a nettle rash from being outdoors and the nettle plant stimulates a welt and it's itchy and we scratch or you may have some dermatitis or dryness in the skin that triggers an itch. Again, something we don't really think about, you know, the science around this shows that there's actually itch receptors, a bit like pain receptors. So it's, it was interesting to hear about that. But I remember many years ago being educated on the subject of pain, and they mentioned that itch is very similar, and we can direct our thoughts away from pain, just like we can affect our thoughts away from itch. So next time you have an itch, work hard at, at either focusing your thoughts away Or just tapping. You know, that's what I used to mention to my patients. Just tap it instead of scratch it. And the tapping distracts the brain and can reduce that sensation. The next subject is temperature and thermoregulation. You know, obvious if it's cold outside, you want to wrap up and be warm. Nothing quite like coming inside and having a nice cup of tea or hot chocolate. But the flip side can be true. You know, when we're in a heat, maybe in a hot country or we're in a very hot environment, you know, we take off our clothes. So we're always having thermoregulation to get back to that homeostatic status quo. And it's something that I've actually personally struggled with a little bit with my renos and my fingers for the last few years. So that's when your fingers go white and the blood flow to the digits literally stop flowing and it's a white, sometimes painful experience. And it's something that I've, I've experienced for several years, but I'm working on how to fix that with several approaches with breathing and focused attention and and also obviously trying to keep warm and avoid extremes of hot and cold. And second last is appetite. You know, something that we are very aware of, you're hungry and um, you have an appetite to eat, so we eat. And nothing quite like a beautiful meal, something that we can enjoy. And that's something that I encourage patients with just to pause and, you know, really taste the food. Uh, I remember reading once in an article that after about the third mouthful of food that we stop appreciating it. And maybe it's because it becomes second nature or we get distracted. But um, I I encourage us to slow down and enjoy every mouthful. Chew many times, up to say 20 times. Enjoy the flavors in the mouth before we're, we're eating our food. And that mindful practice can be very helpful as a distraction and also an enjoyable experience. And the last one is expulsion. We have all got our bladders to empty throughout the day and our bowel motions to occur. And then not only those, but what about sneezing and coughing is, is a routine thing that we do to expel maybe an irritation from our nose or our mucous membranes in our tracheas when we've got a a cough or a cold. On the same subject, we're hiccuping, we're burping or farting, you know, that fluctuance effect that we all do. None of us really like to talk about it, but it's interesting because Dr. Eccleson was talking to a comedian and for some reason, it's something that we often find funny for. I'm not too sure why it's something that we're doing. The, The issue of continence and Issues with, say, fecal incontinence is a major issue and an embarrassing one for many, many people. Something that we're not too good at controlling often, um, other than continence pads. And then from the other end, we've got vomiting. 
and that can be voluntary vomiting for whatever reason, maybe um, eating disorders, and then a more sexual nature and ejaculation. So these are just ways of expelling contents from the body, and many of them can be enjoyed, many of them are, are not enjoyed. But again, bringing our awareness to our bodily functions on this level brings us more home and allows us to divert our attention away from our pain. So these were the 10 often neglected senses that Dr. Eccleson discussed in his book. And I think the take-home message from us, it's important to be aware that while we're here on this planet for our duration from birth to death, it's important to really appreciate and enjoy the complexity and the simplicity and the sensations that we're always having. And by bringing awareness to our bodies, it's a wonderful technique to help our chronic pain and through a, a meditative or appreciative practice. So and these are some comments I thought I would share tonight in my first podcast on my own. I hope you enjoyed it. And I look forward to maybe doing a few more in the subsequent weeks. So I wish you a good day and look forward to hearing any comments you have about the podcast. You can get back to me at support at waynefimister.com. And that's my email for the website at www.waynefimister.com. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And we will have you tuning in for the next edition of the podcast show.